Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome, Gladiators, to another episode of The Sword and Shield. Uh, this is Chief Master Sergeant Chris Howard, and with me today... Colonel Rick Yerge, 960 hey. Cyberspace Wing Commander. Hey, sir. It's great to talk to you again. It's been a few weeks since you and I sat down. Um, and uh, I'm just I'm excited, actually. I just uh, finished uh, CLC, uh, which is the Chief Leadership course, and uh, it really brought some things back to uh, the forefront of my mind. And I, I would like to get your opinion on some things. Um, one of the, the big topics of CLC uh, in this particular course was, um, you know, the NDS. And then we talked about uh, General Brown's um, new initiatives. And it, I was kind of wondering if you could kind of give me your perspective on Accelerate Change or Lose. Yeah, thanks, Chief. I think uh, going through those courses is really important. When I go through them as well, I get reblued, right? right. I get remotivated. And then they do generally do a really good job of focusing at strategic level, at least for the courses that, you know, the chief and the 06 level. Right. Um, and so I think about those classes as well as an opportunity to challenge people and challenge us to think differently. Um, and as I spend more time in this job, I spend more time reflecting on what's happening at the strategic level. Right. How to translate that into what we're doing at the wing, maybe from an operational level, and then helping the units understand the tactical level, right. you know, really what that means. And I think at least growing up from being at the tactical level to the operational now, a little bit strategic and I was at strategic level um, previous, it's hard to do. And it's hard for me to, at times, move between those and keep things. To me, my mind tries to fit in, put stuff in boxes. Um, this is strategic issues, operational, tactical, right. and and so I think a lot about how to do that and and what's important. And so we get these strategic documents from all different levels, right? You right. mentioned Chief Brown stuff. We got General Scobie's priorities. We got 16th Air Force for us, and then you know the units got their mission partners and then yes. what and and what they see. So um, so before I answer your question, I'm going to sure. put a question back to you, okay? Um, because you just came out of class, so right. How how did you reflect upon that growing up from an airman to a chief? And how did you kind of learn and try to understand those type of priorities and the things that were done way above our level? How did you do that as an airman and understand that? So I'd say starting out like most airmen, um, it was kind of lost on me to begin with, right? You, you come in the door and the first thing you're told is, Train, train, train. I need you to learn your job. I need you to learn uh, your AFSC. I need you to be good at here uh, at this piece. And that was the predominance of probably the better part of my first assignment. So I was at my first assignment uh, at Ramstein for five years. I did an in-place COT, which is an uh, in-place uh, consecutive overseas tour, um, working out at a regional maintenance facility. So it, it, we didn't understand that. But when uh, we started going through some uh, upgrade training on the digital European backbone back then, you know, you started understanding what that the 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 strategic level piece of of that mission was right I, here i'm looking at it from just uh doing hilltop to hilltop radio relay i'm doing fiber optics but uh when you think about what it was built for in the cold war 
Um, the idea was to be able to get uh, emergency action messages in a quick manner to uh, the decision makers. And this was that key infrastructure, right? So, but you didn't really grasp that sometimes. You just hear DEB and you hear the acronyms. And So did you have like a that. supervisor that tried to connect that for you? Or did you just through time kind of put Cold War, nuclear mission, really important, big, you know, the big Russian um, I would say there was a couple of key conversations with a couple of uh, NCOs I had, and then just a lot of putting things together, right? Um, when I was stationed over there, I started reading a lot more. As we moved into my secondary uh, or my second uh, assignment, I definitely got a bigger picture. I went uh, working for um, First Axe in NAOC, um, and now we're supporting, you know, that that mission, that strategic mission, right? So what yeah. we were doing, uh, you know, doomsday plane and how that worked all. So that's when I really started getting the bigger picture of where some of these um, assets at, what the importance of each one of these missions went through. And then as I grew, I learned uh, a lot more about um, the National uh, Command Authority um, and all these different uh, agencies that all cross-linked to make these decisions. I happened to be there. Um, I was transitioning between both of those uh, assignments during 9-11. So I got to see it from here and uh at Ramstein to then getting into this this uh, assignment at NAOC and really started uh, seeing a bigger picture. Uh, I really think that after I started getting into some other assignments, we really started to see what uh, what impact each one of these mission sets had. Uh, on, on occasion, I would get a superintendent or a supervisor that would really um, give me that uh, that knowledge. And I think that was one of the challenges with this course was kind of putting it back on us as chiefs and as leadership uh, to explain the the why a little bit further, right? Um, you know, uh, we, we do a good job at understanding the why within the tactical level, but do we get that why all the way through the process? And that's one of the, the challenges even with writing EPRs, right? If we want to take it back to the individual, um, if you understand where you sit in the mission set, what the overall um, national defense strategy is and how you fit in that, um, it helps you understand why you're doing this and what those potential impacts, especially in cyber. Yeah, I agree. And um, I had a similar experience growing up, right? As lieutenants, like shut up, lieutenants, sit there, learn your job. You're there to do tasks. You're there to create products and and push stuff out. And um, yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure stuff out. And then when I moved, you know, to a couple assignments later, I was in DC during 9/11. Yeah. And then it kind of makes you think, like. Why did they do this? Was there a strategic nature? Who did it? And thinking through all those things, you know, I drove across the the Woodrow Wilson Bridge on my way home on September 11th and big smoke plume going up. And I remember I had Jacob in the back seat. He was like three at the time. And I, he right. said, Daddy, what's all the smoke? What's down the river? And I said, I said, someday I'll explain to you why. And right. um, and so we've had those discussions and it's interesting to think how, you know, I've grown to a point where. Um, it all kind of makes sense now, but as a lieutenant and a captain, right. kind of not putting that stuff together. And I had a similar experience when I went to PME, but not to a lieutenant colonel where it just kind of clicked for me. Right. I think when you start putting all those building blocks together, right, um, I definitely don't wouldn't expect that every airman would understand. And we, I'm talking about um, that airman tier specifically or even, um, you know, lieutenants to, to, to grasp all that. But if we're building those blocks as they grow and uh, then we definitely get a better picture and maybe we'll get there a little bit faster. Uh, as far as getting that knowledge, I definitely think that at times uh, I feel at a um, decrement almost uh, of some of that knowledge because uh, many times, especially as a young NCO, got focused in this this small fire in front of me instead of understanding some of the bigger picture. Yeah, I agree. And I think 
I think our airmen and NCOs and lieutenants and captains now want that. And I think, yes. frankly, they're better prepared to handle that information than I probably was. And I don't know about you, but um, I, I feel like the, the, the people that we're gaining to the Air Force now are um, much better prepared to understand the big picture. And maybe it's because of the news cycle we have now and their right. exposure to more of those things, it's easier for them to connect it. But I think having a little discussion today maybe about um, – some of these strategic level things and and how we think about it can maybe help bridge that gap for them and get them thinking about strategic level things early. And I think the one thing I would point to you is um, your experience of going to different jobs prepared you and helped you understand that. Yes. No, I agreed. Right. Um, and uh, also um, the level of efforts you get to, to know what that job is and why that job's important. Right. So uh, I, I went behind the green door and really started getting into some interesting uh, mission sets there as well, um, which had some direct impact a little bit closer to the tip of the spear uh, in a number of occasions. And then you can start seeing what that impact is um, and understanding why you're getting those orders. Right. That's one thing I learned with working with NAOC is we're watching the news cycle because it's helped drive some of the, uh, the, the hot fires. But also understanding why are you getting this order to go here to, to location X? Um, why are we supporting uh, nation Y um, and, and then starting putting all that together? Uh, I definitely think that uh, that that swath of experience helps. And I, I think that uh, this conversation, at least I'm hopeful that the conversation uh, will kind of inspire some thought and maybe drive some individuals to dig a little bit deeper internally. And I think the connectivity piece is important, right? Helping them understand, you know, what they're doing and why it's important is is a motivating factor right. for them to, and inspire them to do to do that work. And I think the connectivity piece for me is also important um, to grow the next Chief Howard and the next Rick Erich, right? right? And I think if we can do a better job early and create more opportunities for folks to understand the bigger picture, the more they'll be interested and compete. And we're just, you know, you and me want to make it better for the next person. Right. And as long as we keep on that cycle, right, of, of developing faster um, and uh, giving individuals the, the tools in a timely manner, um, I'm definitely hopeful that they'll do a little bit better than I did, right? Uh, I don't think that I do horribly, but I know that I could do a lot better. And, and that, that's one of those things that if uh, we can get the, those next uh, chiefs in line, um, and uh, the next the lieutenant colonels and colonels uh, in line as well. You know, it's, it's really building that backbench, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned Accelerate, right? And, it, and, and connectivity and helping people accelerate that. I really took to Chief Brown's Accelerate, Change or Lose. Um, and, and for me, it's been something through my career that I've been frustrated with is the pace of change. Right. Um, in almost every job, I found something that I was really frustrated with, and I tried to spend my time and effort to fix those things. Um, and I think that really helps me from a perspective to think about uh, we need to change things. And the more we can accelerate the change and fix problems right. that are at our level, right? We shouldn't yes. fix problems below our level, let people fix their problems, support them. Um, the better off they're going to be. And I, I kind of think about a snowball rolling yep. downhill, right? So if we can remove the barriers and so we can remove them fast and spend effort to help um, help that snowball roll faster. Right. Then I think it's really helpful to overall wing and we're going to see uh, changes for the positive by leaps and bounds. And I fully agree. I think that's um, part of your perspective when we talk about the wing priorities, right, sir, of why you laid out certain priorities and why we're heading that way is to start uh, identifying what those barriers are, 
um, and then for us to start breaking those barriers down so that we can accelerate that change to be a more agile force. Absolutely. And I think when I look at General Brown's action orders, he recently released kind of an update yes. this week. And we want to talk a little bit about that, too. So he talks about some of the same themes that are important to all of us leaders. And, and General Scobie and Chief White set out their priorities and they're also focused in similar areas. And, and there's a reason for that, right? We yes. all think that's important up and down the chain and for us to be synchronized and aligned um, to make sure we're doing those things that are important. And so, you know, we talk about airmen yes. and the airmen are important. So um, we're going to talk more with uh, Mr. Banky coming up about specifically our strategic priorities and what our goals and objectives are and how those synchronize. But um, if, if you hear the words, um, and so I had, the, I had the luxury of having a wing commander event with General Brown when he first laid this out, sitting in his office at the Pentagon virtually. Nice. He talked about those things. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, it was so nice to hear um, him talk about how important airmen are. And all those things, airmen, it's about training. It's yeah. about giving them opportunities. It's about making sure that they're able to do their job without barriers and allow them to innovate right. ir- iteratively, faster, quicker and let them have more say in what they do. Right. And I think the, you know, bureaucracy, I think I spent time <laughs> on MAGCOM staffs, two different MAGCOMs, I spent time in the NCR. Uh, right. Nothing's more frustrating than bureaucracy. And I can't remember which general said it, but I was I was at a meeting or a commander's call or something when I first joined the Air Force Reserve. And I remember this two-star standing up, must have been a NAF commander. And he said, hey, um, we're not going to let headquarters be chalks on the wheels of progress. And that has stuck with me forever. And so um, we got to think through that. And when we push people to different jobs, we got to think about, hey, I'm I'm not going to be the cog that's going to slow this down. Right. I need to be the enabler for people. Um, and so and then we he talks about compete. And 16th Air Force talks a lot about we're competing now right. in the competition phase. And General Hawk says all the time that the Air Force and 16th Air Force is the competition force in this new environment, the information environment. And um, we're not preparing the battle space for future conflict. We are in conflict right now. And we're yes. right in the middle of that. Oh, you cl- yes, definitely. This, I mean, we talk about the mains and, and some of that um, inherent fabric. Cyber is one of those domains that they, is multi, right? It instantly uh, cross-domain uh, action right there. Absolutely. So now we're talking about, um, when we talk about um, command and control, we're talking about coalition, joint, right. air force. We're the enabler for that. We're enabler for every mission in every domain. You talk about space, right? They do space ops. They need to do space ops through cyber. Yep. Um, and so we should feel important about that. And so we need to compete there as well. And then talking about design implementation, you know, General Scobie talks about reform the organization is his third mm-hmm. priority. Um, and so we think, I think a lot about that being at the staff when he joined uh, and thinking about what that means to us. And of course, we're always working our design. Yes. I think we're still a brand new wing. Uh, we're in the toddler phase. We're a little over two years old. Right. Um, and, and so we're still trying to figure out what this thing is. And, yes. and there's some frustration out there with our airmen. And I understand that, that uh, we know we don't have things right. Yep. And I think you and me spend at least Monday through Friday every day assessing and trying yes, to address and fix problems. But that's what we're here for. And that's what I'm really interested in doing. No, I agree. I, I actually, uh, just to kind of piggyback on that, I find that that's one of the, the bigger joys of, of this job um, besides the airmen, right? So we have the airmen development, see how, how they grow, how they develop, and then see them take on those challenges 
and exceed what you originally thought for them, right? Um, don't want to get into that parent mode, but it, it, I would say that there's a similar sense of pride when we talk about um, here I have tech sergeant or senior airman or master sergeant that uh, we put in this role and we're like, I, I know they're going to do good, right? I know they're going to do well, um, but then they, they just, they crush it, right? Um, each one of them steps up and makes something, something uh, you know, uh, great happen. And then when we talk about how we're going to shape and make this force a little bit more agile, I get to geek out the most in that part of the job um, uh, besides uh, developing airmen. And uh, I find it just absolutely interesting. I want to say this week alone, outside of uh, some of the coursework, I was able to geek out for about three hours just talking about how we can make some adjustments in our um, domain uh, to make things a little bit faster and make things a little bit more uh, agile and, uh, you know, a little bit more effective. Yeah, I want to create space for you to do that. I want to create space for Airman X to do that. I want I want Sam to be able to do what she needs to do because she's like, hey, these are the good things we need to do. We can do better. Sam needs to go do that. Chief mm -hmm. needs to go do that. Airman, Sergeant, Lieutenant, Captain, Major needs to go do that. And I get tremendous satisfaction from seeing people succeed. That's where, that's where I get my energy and that's where uh, the best part of the job for me as well. Yes, sir. And, you know, even with this, we, we do um, pull in a string of cyber sp specifically, but um, all of the different AFSCs that all feed into this mission, right? We're not just talking about the 3Ds. We're not talking about the 1Bs or the 17s um, but or the 1Ns. We're even talking about the 3Fs. Um, we're talking about all of the different AFSCs that come together um, from, from, you know, identifying uh, the mission to executing the mission Every single one of these AFSCs has a key piece in that role. And I kind of draw on that back to the, the original part of the start of the conversation about how does this all work together within the MDS, right? Mm -hmm. um, we would not be able to get um, airmen from base uh, A to base D um, without uh, that 3F in place, making sure those orders got, got done. Uh, or um, the, uh, the four ends over on the medical side uh, making sure that they're cleared for IMR. All of these things come together. Um, I think sometimes uh, when we, we talk about that, uh, I'd like to give them a little bit more shout out about how, how much that effort goes into making sure that uh, those those ions can do what they need to do. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So it takes a team, right? And I think one of the positives that I've seen in this wing is because we've had um, maybe not the right number of manpower and structured the right way, right? It brings a lot of challenges, but also... You know, we've seen tremendous success by giving people opportunities to do things that they probably maybe wouldn't necessarily had a chance to do had we had right. been built right. So, for an example, today I walk by the conference room and there's there's a major, a mass sergeant and a civilian in the room having a meeting all in our wing with the 433rd nice. ironing out what the relationship needs to look like for their particular area. Right. Yeah. And so um, I didn't pick, hey, civilian, hey, mass sergeant, hey, major in there. I was like, Hey, who on the team has a stake of interest here? You guys get together and figure it out. Like right. chief and Rick aren't driving this. Like we're letting the people drive it. Yep. And they come for vector checks once in a while. And 99% of the time it's a thumbs up. Keep pressing, keep right. the pedal down and keep moving. And um, that's the way I'm trying to accelerate change by just giving people space to do with maybe a vector check left to right a little bit. Sometimes I come back and I say, Hey, this is like, I told the team, I told the different team yesterday, like, this is something that I'm going to fall on a sword for. This is something I'm not willing to bend on, but these other things, those are negotiable, right? Whatever you think is going to work, you design it the way you want. And then we'll talk about it. But this over here, this is something I'm willing to fight at my level. Right. And, and that's where I'm focused 
to try to accelerate change in, in our wing. No, I, and be, being a, um, you know, priority owner, um, I definitely uh, appreciated uh, that leeway, right? It was just, here's the the goal. You just kind of threw it on the wall. This is the goal. Um, and then uh, let us kind of build the team. We got uh, a large swath of individuals across the gambit within the wing uh, to all come together and, um, and bite off on it. And I, I'm hopeful that uh, each one of us uh, owners did the same thing at our level. And we, we iterated that all the way down. Um, I definitely think that we got some great outputs from some of these individuals uh, from each one of the teams, you know, by being able to do that and giving them that ownership. And then also the, um, the room to make decisions and uh, make an impact. So it's hard as a leader to not give direction, like specific, like I fight that. That's my personality. Right. Um, and so I found it a little bit amusing that, um, you know, all three teams kind of moved at a different pace, which is normal because forming, right. storming, norming, right? Come together. Um, your area was more complicated and more, I don't want to say more complicated, but different. Um, significantly different complex, right? The different complexities in the other ones, right? And so everybody moved at a different pace, but, um, you know, it was interesting to see how people came back and there were some folks that wanted like, like every step of the way wanted, wanted, Hey, how we doing here? We go. And, and I fought the urge and I just said, Hey, listen, this is something you guys need to work through. Right. Um, and, and, and I, and I would deliberately say, I'm not driving to something. I don't have, I don't know what's at the end. Yes. I just know that you're the right people to get us there. And I know I want to get better. So let's focus on those things that we can do that have a large impact to airmen mm-hmm. that improve our quality of life and help move the mission forward. And so these things are going to evolve over time. And we talked about, we may do something now. We're like, that was a waste of time. But I see that as you learn. So right. now we learn, like that's a learning opportunity that, okay, went down this path and there's something, stuff we stumbled upon that we hadn't thought about, that I hadn't thought about, that ended up being really important yep. that, we're, that we're working through, that we're going to fix things. Um, and so I'm really pleased about how we're approaching that. Um, certainly, I would like to move it faster, but I understand um, there's different inputs um, that are happening and people have lives. We have other things to do too. And just because I want these doesn't mean... You know, the, the mission still doesn't need to go forward. Right. What I would say from a little bit outside of perspective, sir, is that I think we will see that uh, change accelerate with each one of these iterations. Right. Um, uh, as you said, we were still in our toddler stage. Right. Um, we're in our second year of iterations. I've already seen a large um, change in how fast that change is happening, uh, how much uh, acceptance to that is, is, is going on and how much um, more involvement across the board that we actually had. Um, and I think that when we go to the next step, you'll see that even faster, right? And like you said, uh, we're gonna find some things that didn't work well um, or things that we didn't necessarily see as, as challenges that come up, but that's the whole point of this, right? Of, of this, the constant uh, iterations of going back and forth and, and uh, just keep on a constant improvement, right? Yeah, shorten that time cycle down over and over again. And right. realistically, I'd like to like you all to put me out of a job. Like, yeah. ideally, like, I just want to be a cheerleader, pat people on the back, take care of people, make sure you got money, the resources you need, right. and that the problems are getting worked at the levels they need to get worked. And I learned something from uh, a general at the Wing Commander course that was very enlightening that I had never thought of. And that I mentioned it earlier, but it was, um, we should work problems at our level, right? Yeah. And I shouldn't work. And fix problems of things that are in other people's um, 
area of responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 not necessarily just an empowerment and it's uh, degrading to them. It's it's where's my time best used and where's your time best used. Yep. Um, and so I think about that a lot and making sure I'm putting effort where I need to. And so I've actually changed some of the way the things I've done and tried to step back from things and try to engage more with people at my level on things. And I think that's for me, it was just it's maturing and moving from the vice where I thought it was very tactical in nature and stuff to trying to do more strategic things. Cause as General Olson told me, if we don't do it, who's gonna do it? Right. No, I, I would say that uh, I've had similar problems, right? So I'm a problem solver by trade. Um, I'm a you know maintainer, right? I like fixing things and getting them to work. Uh, that was one of the big things for me to change up too. And um, I got to the point where it, it felt that sometimes, uh, I've shared this a couple of times with a couple of individuals, is people will run in and go, chief, take the wheel. You know, their hands are flowing in the air, <laughs> going, chief, fix this, fix this. Yeah. Um, and uh, understanding that uh, at first I'd grab that. Okay, I got the wheel, let's go. Um, to now I'm like, okay, look, put your hands down, put them on the wheel. I'm going to walk you through this, right? I need to turn left, turn right, and you've got it. That's all you really need. You can handle this. You don't need chief to drive for you. Just need to give you the reassurance that you can do it um, and that we have faith in you and, and help build that culture that that uh, we're really talking about, right? If these individuals taking those problems on at their level. Yeah. So I failed as a leader when I was a brand new colonel. And this is a kind of similar example that I learned from was I had a master sergeant, retired Air Force master sergeant who was GS-14 now through the years, had grown to the place where he was all knowing about everything. And he was the one dude. And he had a team of 25 people doing work. And he was he was a division chief. And he's supposed to be supervising people and ensuring that we're getting after the priorities and things. And I didn't hold him accountable because I didn't realize that every time there's a major problem, and instead of him training and helping his people think through the problem and fix it, he, would do it. he did it himself because it was easier and faster for him as a software guy just to fix it and move on. And then I left, moved on to a different job, and then he eventually retired and it put the unit in real bad position. Gotcha. And, it, and it just wasn't me, right? But I was, I felt like I had an opportunity to change that. I didn't do it. So I've learned from that. Um, and, and so he was a great guy, loved him, did great work. But I think um, he had a hard time getting out of that role of being the fix it, fixer. And to be in to leading at a more strategic level, it was painful for me personally. <laughs> it's been painful to adjust, um, but I'm definitely. But you have, uh, and to I think a certain that's important. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I still got plenty of work, right? Yeah. I'm not perfect by any means. On that, I, I still sometimes grab the wheel and and turn it hard right, turn left, but uh, I do hand it off a little bit. And, more. and I think we can we can help each other, and everybody sure. should be able to do that, right? You should right. check me. I should say, hey, is that something you really need to do, or is that something you know somebody else can work on? I think sure. we're going to ask our supervisors. And our airmen um, to do more of that okay. and, and to help them understand where they fit in and and how they can uh, be best used their skills and capabilities at their level. Yes, sir. Agree. Um, I mean, I really do appreciate you, you walking me through uh, your thoughts on this, sir. So I didn't know if you wanted to have any parting shots for everybody. No, I, and again, I just, I really like the opportunity to share how we think um, kind of in a very, uh, very laid back kind of discussion type thing. And, sure. um, we you know, we cut, we cut open a vein every once in a while here and, <laughs> and tell it is, but I think that's important right. for people to understand that, uh, 
we're trying to think through this all the time and trying to make life better for everybody and improve everybody's quality of life and, and again set us up for the future and by you know um we're, we're not talking about uh general brown wants us to stop using the word divest and talk more about future design and what the air force needs to look like and what the air force of the future and so i think about and i'll, I'll leave everybody with this question what do you want the 960th to be in the future help us figure out what that looks like yep everybody has a voice everybody has uh something to say and uh we can take every single one of those and come up with the best option that's for sure sir um I, again thank you so much i didn't know if you wanted to go ahead and close out the close it out or you want me to sir uh go ahead all right i just want to say thank you again for your time sir but i also want to thank all the gladiators out there for their time uh thank you for what you do for your country thank you for um you know, investing your time in us. Hopefully you find the, an equal investment from us into you. Um, thank your families over the holiday season as they come and go. Um, and thank them every day for being there and supporting you. Um, and thank you for being a great American. And I hope you have a great Gladiator Day.